Hello there and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited that you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and listen to it. We are part of a worldwide audience and we are truly humbled and blessed by God. It is our hope and prayer that you would be edified and Christ would be glorified through this podcast. And if you're new to the podcast, I'd encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase, all one word. There you can find out more information about us. A statement of faith is there. A prayer request page is there. As well as a way of supporting us. And we want you to know we pray each and every day for our listeners. And for especially for those who are persecuted for believing in Christ and seeking Him out. We are very fortunate at uh, this time in this part of the world where we are in, in the United States to be able to worship freely. Uh, Although I kind of wonder at times if that will not change. Today, uh, we're going to talk about does Satan come to church? Does Satan come to church? If you have a Bible, I would encourage you to, to open it and follow along. If you want to uh, open your Bible to Mark chapter 1 and keep your place there because that's probably going to be the thrust of the podcast then you can also, uh, after you mark that, turn with me to James chapter 2. James chapter 2, and we'll be there in just a moment. Again, if you're new to us, we also have a Facebook page now. Uh, MeWe, LinkedIn, uh, Twitter, and there are several, uh, uh, Instagram. And all those links are also on our webpage. And there you can uh, follow us. I would encourage you to hit the like button and to follow us on your favorite podcasting app. I know many people do that uh, and they listen to it at their convenience. But then you also get an alert that we have released our, our weekly podcast. So I appreciate that. And we get emails and we're so thankful for the positive emails and comments that we do get. It's very encouraging and I want to thank you. For those who don't know or I haven't said in a while perhaps, uh, over half of our listening audience actually comes out of outside the United States. And the majority of those folks have to go to an internet cafe, which means they have to either travel a distance uh, to get on the internet, plus they have to pay so much an hour or whatever to, to get to the internet, to, to download our product, to check their email, whatever else that they do. But... And the other half is in the United States and Canada. And so uh, we have some listeners in, in Asia, on the continent of Africa, Central America, uh, South America, quite a few across uh, Europe, and, and many other places as well. Every time uh, Jesus met someone who was demon-possessed, he would cast the demons out. And there are a scripture reading here in Mark chapter 1, uh, verses 21 through 28. And I want to read that before we really go any further. Again, that's Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. And I'm going to be reading from the New American Standard Update. It says, They went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue and began to teach. They were amazed at his teaching. For he was teaching them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Just then there was a man in their synagogue 
with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, What business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet, and come out of him. Throwing him into convulsions, the unclean spirit cried out with a loud voice, and came out of him. They were all amazed, so that they debated among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even unclean spirits to obey him? Immediately, the news about him spread everywhere into all the surrounding district of Galilee. Again, here we have Jesus. Uh, it's the Sabbath. Uh, he's in the local synagogue. And, and this scripture reading perhaps is unusual because of where it takes place. Again, he's in the synagogue, the very house of God, where God's people are gathering together to worship. So you have to ask yourself some questions. Why in the world would this man possessed by a demon even be interested in going into the house of God? Why would the devil want to go to church? And in this podcast, let's look at a few ideas and see if we can come to some kind of an objective reason why the devil would want to go to church. The first point I want to try to make is because the devil has always been religious. Before you and I reject this idea, stop for just a moment and think about it. The devil and his demons are rather orthodox in some of their beliefs. A man by the name of A.W. Tozer said, The devil is a better theology a person than any of us, and yet the devil still, he's still the devil. Of course, it's not just what you believe that matters. Now think about this on this idea, and I asked her a minute ago to, to put your thumb there, or Mark James chapter 2. 18 and 19, James chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. But someone may well say, You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without the works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one? You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. The devil knows there's only one God. But the problem is, he, he does not worship God. Nor does he really care about God's will. He doesn't care about God's creation. So when he shows up at the church, it, it's not for true worship. But it's rather for false worship. Satan's religion is, is a false religion. But nevertheless, it is a, a religion. He does not mind if... You and I show up for worship just as long as it is false worship. And that's why it's so important that we all need to be on our guard against false worship. And honestly, listeners, there's only one way you're going to know what true worship really looks like, smells like, sounds like. And that's to know what the New Testament has to say on the subject. Having smoke screens and disco lights and... Uh, I mean, to each their own. But I'm not sure 
if that's more of an entertainment, then it is worship. And you're going to see, I'll get an email saying, well, you can't see in those people's hearts. Well, that's true, I can't. Again, we need to, to follow uh, the, the New Testament. Again, Satan, he doesn't mind if you and I show up for worship. Again, as long as it's false. And the devil loves to see people go to church to gossip about other worshipers. He loves to see us go and, and uplift our own goodness, not God's. The devil loves it when we think we are less in a sinner than the person sitting across from us. And that is so true today. People think, well, I can't go to hell. I won't go to hell. I'm not like that guy. But all we're doing is we're setting the standard of what's good and evil, right or wrong, or sinful or not. We're not using the scriptures to, to, to make that uh, judgment. The devil, he, he loves it when we're preoccupied with other things. Like, uh, who, hurt, who hurt our feelings recently? And what does some other person think about me? He loves to hear our, our critical comments about the, how poor the song leader might be or how out of tune somebody sounded when they were singing. The devil loves it when we criticize the, the preacher's sermon or the Bible class taught by the Sunday school teacher. The devil loves it when we have an attitude of, if I give more time and money than anyone else, Therefore, I will be the leader of the congregation, and I will have more say, and I will have more control of that congregation. The devil simply loves it when we become his slave, and when we allow our hearts to become more worldly thinking and not Christ-like thinking. It is easy uh, to think of ourselves this way, uh, that this would never happen to me. I would never get caught in those traps. And Well, listeners, uh, we, we really need to be careful in our way of thinking. Because this kind of thought could be the one uh, right before the fall. A really hard fall. The devil loves it when, when we do not pour all of our heart into praising God. The devil likes us seeing it just, we're just going through the motions. He can stand anything but worship of God in spirit and in truth. And you can find that in John chapter 4 verse 24. The devil is opposed to Christianity, period. And we need to understand that. But he is not opposed to the social club called the church where we all get together and have coffee and pie or gossip sessions. And I've been to some prayer meetings that they were more of a gossip session than they were actually a prayer meeting. The demons, they, they knew who Jesus is. They know how powerful Christ really is. The one in the synagogue surely did. He believed in the incarnation of Christ which he is both God and man at the same time. Let me go back, and we're going to go through this text again, but here again in verse 24. What business do we have with each other? 
Jesus of Nazareth, have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Again, this was our scripture reading. This demon clearly identifies Christ's humanity by calling him Jesus of Nazareth, but he also identified Christ's deity by calling him the Holy One of God. And listeners, the church, we surely must be on guard against false doctrine of any kind. The danger, we are sometimes less aware of what false worship might really be. We must guard against dead religion. Things that are dead are not attracted to the, to the eye of a man, and it's sure not attractive to the eye of God. Things that are dead normally have the, a ripe smell to the nose to any person walking by, and it, I'm sure it has a ripe smell to God, too. We cannot afford to become unaware of possible dangers and unconcerned about our worship of God and how we do it. We should consistently reevaluate why we are worshiping, how we are worshiping. I mean, here's the Apostle Paul in 2 Timothy chapter 3. The Apostle's writing uh, to Timothy concerning dead worship, basically, by dead churches and believers. 2 Timothy 3, verse 5. Holding to a firm, excuse me, holding to a form of godlessness, although they have denied its power, avoid men as these. The devil goes to church because, the second point is, he's looking for prey. He's looking for his next victim, in other words. And notice how the plural pronouns here in Mark chapter 1, verse 24, indicate just how closely this demon was identified with the man whom he was speaking. Saying, verse 24 again, What business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. This may not have been a case of, of multiple demon possession. It may have been an instance of one demon making his host a puppet. This us was the demon and the host. The devil's ultimate goal, clearly, is to have control. He can easily possess those who do not have the Holy Spirit within. He cannot possess true a true Christ follower and one that has the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. However, the devil does not want to control us and to hinder us in our work for God. Oh yes he does. He wants absolute control. He wants to hinder us and the work that we do for, for the kingdom of God he wants to hinder us from our own personal growth and our faith and belief and understanding of who Jesus really is. Remember what Jesus said to Simon Peter in Luke chapter 22. I, I'm just going to refer to it basically here. It says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked 
to sift you as wheat. I mean, here's Peter. He thought he would be able to get through all the trials with Jesus without failing. Through his, though, I mean, his faith did not fail completely. He's miserably flunked a test. He will completely deny all knowledge of Jesus when Jesus is being falsely accused and beaten at his trial. Peter was given another chance as he learned from his mistake. But we need to learn from it also. Satan is out to sift us like wheat. That's why Peter would later write in one of his letters to the churches in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be a sober spirit. Be on alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. If you think the devil does not go out on the prowl, I think again. The devil does. Simply, he just goes around looking for people who are walking with blinders on, not paying attention. And, and he's on these prowls in these fields where uh, there are no Christians. Uh, there's no satisfac satisfaction for him uh, to hunt that prey. He can have that any time and, and eat them and devour them. I mean, ask a hunter... Why would they hunt big game or and, and they've never backed? I mean, here they go out and they hunt certain animals. There, I guess there's a sense of excitement bagging a, a new prey that they've never done before. They, they've never got the cho choice to eat it, whatever, you know. The devil has control of the pulpits in some churches. I mean, he really does. And this is nothing new to the church. It goes clear back to the Apostle Paul, clear into current day. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 and 15. For such men are false apostles, deceitful workers, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. No wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Therefore, it is not surprising if his servants are also disguised themselves as servants of righteousness, whose end will be according to their deeds. The third point here I, I want to make is, the devil goes to church because he is seeking worship. This has been a form of, uh, going on clear back to when Satan or the devil he he seeks to overthrow God in his in this war in heaven the devil wants to be worshiped as though he were God Isaiah chapter 14 verses 12 through 14 says this Isaiah 14 starting in verse 12 how you have fallen from heaven O star of the morning, sun of the dawn, you've been cut down to the earth. You have been weakened. You have weakened the nations, excuse me, but you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. 
and I will sit on the mount of the assembly and the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will make myself like the Most High. You see, the devil, he wants worship. He wants to be better than God. He wants to be God. Do you remember when the devil said to Jesus out in the wilderness in Matthew chapter 4, here he is being tempted. He says, I will give you all of this if you bow down and worship me. That's Matthew 4 verse 9. Think about it. What a victory this would have been for the devil if he would, was able to have the Son of Man worship him. The devil has always thought he should be the number one being. There, there is not a single drop of love from Satan toward God or towards those who follow Christ and proclaim Christ as our God and Savior. Let us not be so naive as to ignore the fact that we are at war with the devil even when we sometimes come to church. We need to be preparing our thoughts on worship long before we walk into any church building. Our worship needs to be a lifestyle that can be identified by the scriptures as we all know. We need to allow the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Great I Am, our Shepherd, to be our God. You know, we cannot allow worshiping or other practices of of other doctrine, of idolizing other, of another person in the church to take over. This is how the devil enters into our lives without even us noticing. Once we have allowed the devil into our lives, we, we carry him with us everywhere, including into our worship services. It is not who we are and what we think we have done. Think about that. Uh, and I've met many people like that. It is not who we are and what we think we have done. It is all about who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. Period. It is always about Him. And without Him, there is no hope. There is no salvation. There is no eternal life. We need to be very serious in our prayer life and our personal time of reading the Word of God. This is our shield. This is our defense against the devil and his schemes. We all need to learn to submit to Christ's authority and humble ourselves before Him. We also need to learn things by being in an assembly in the name of Jesus. We should be able to go there and, and have some kind of spiritual growth. We need to be able to help others when we assemble and encourage them. We need to understand that we all have fallen short of the glory of God. Worship is not to be entertained. It is not to say how great you are or how great I am or how great the elder is, whatever. It is how great Jesus is and the great sacrifice that he made for us as sinners. 
sinners who have broken the law of God. And again, kind of going back to my introduction to the podcast. When we say, well, I'm not like that guy. We all have fallen short. We all You break one wrong law, we've fallen short. If you've ever lied to somebody, you just gave false witness. You broke one of the Ten Commandments. And it's, uh-oh, we don't live under the Ten Commandments. We live under the New Covenant. Well, that law has never changed. Taking God's name in vain, using uh, Jesus' name loosely, uh, you just broke uh, a commandment. What is it that you worship? What is it that you idolize? Is it Hollywood and their stars and the movies? Is it money, your job? The list could go on and on. It's not. I'm not saying it's a sin to watch a movie. But if God is not first in our lives, we are not worshiping Him the way we ought to be worshiping Him. And being a Christian, a lot of people think, oh, it's really easy. All I get to say a prayer, I got to be immersed, whatever. To be a true Christian takes grit, it takes sand. It is not a child's game, it is a very serious thing. And it is not easy to be a Christian. We are completely bombarded, I know, in the Western Hemisphere, and I've been in in the Eastern Hemisphere as well on mission trips and whatnot, that we have these messages constantly coming at us that we need to accept everything and all things. I always find it interesting, though, that's not true going the other direction. But that's a whole nother topic. We need to understand what the message says and the message from God that we call the Bible. And it says He is to be first in our lives and that we need to reject Satan. We need to be careful uh, what we allow into our lives and in our minds. It is a struggle. It is a struggle. And the only way to filter all that out and to know how to worship in spirit and truth in John chapter 4, verse 24, is to read and study the New Testament and understand the name on the building does not save you. The preacher doesn't save you. The elder doesn't save you. You cannot save yourself. I mean, think about this. We're all lawbreakers. And a lawbreaker cannot save another lawbreaker. That lawbreaker here has to pay. You get a speeding ticket. I'm not going to pay it for you. You're going to pay that debt yourself. You know that's just an example. So, if if God you break His law, the only one who can pay that debt is the blood of Christ, and He did that for us at the cross. Because that debt is so big that you and I could never pay it. And this becomes uh, a thing that, uh, am I going to worship myself and honor myself, or am I going to honor God and what he has laid out for us? Does Satan, uh, does the devil come to church? Yeah, he does. And people that come in and, and, and are carrying that, that spirit, that idea of, uh, 
me, myself, and I, um, we're all going to heaven. We can we can do what we want. We can say what we want. We can live how we want. All lifestyles are acceptable. All religions are acceptable. That is that's a false religion. It is false belief. But that's what Satan wants. He wants to distract us completely from the truth of who Jesus really is and what Jesus has done for us. And that, folks, is the greatest thing of all, what Jesus has done for us. I want to thank you for listening. I know it's maybe a little different topic than we have normally discussed uh, on this podcast. And I am not criticizing any denomination, church group, house church, whatever. The name on the building is almost meaningless. It's what goes on inside that building. That's, that is the church. The people are the church. It's not the brick and the mortar. Brick and mortar does not worship. It's dead. There's nothing alive. Jesus didn't die for pews and songbooks and whatever else. He died for people that are made in his image so that we could be called his children. And he could be called our shepherd, our God, our king. And praise God. I thank God every day for his sacrifice and what he's done. And he's blessed us really greatly with lots of listeners. And we appreciate that. And we take that very serious to teach the truth uh, to the best knowledge that God has given us here. That's why I encourage you to open your Bible and follow along. If you don't have a Bible, they're they're free. You can... Read them for free on the internet if you have uh, access to that on a regular basis. I know in the U.S. here, Walmart sells Bibles for five bucks, okay? So there's no excuse not to have one and use it and read it. Uh, We listen to an audio Bible all the time. It's always playing in the background here at the house. And so uh, we listen to to other Christian radio. And we're trying so uh, hard, I guess, uh, to make what we put in our mind to be clean and pure. And that is uh, not always easy. Well, I have rambled on too long. Again, I want to thank you. Please hit that like button and follow us. And that way you can get alerts uh, when we put the weekly podcast out. Be sure to tell your friends and family about us. Go to our social media and, and follow us there and share us there with your friends as well. Thank you for listening. May God bless you, and may He have the glory.